Hey everybody, welcome again to another episode of Ask a Friend. I'm Tom Sweeney from Black Grass. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, today it's going to be a really special guest, uh, someone who I admire as an entertainer, as a super genius, as an intelligentsia, as just an amazing singer and uh, performer and instrumentalist because actually plays a lot of different instruments uh, mr. Kevin Curtin really really dear friend and famous in the world of magic I, I'm pretty certain that's true too and he can correct me once we get into the interview uh, but that's gonna be who's gonna be my guest today and if you're not familiar with the format basically I just call up my friends and say hey what kind of music do you like and they get to talk a little bit about what they do and who they are and what they're doing uh, and then of course what kinds of music they like and where, the, where those influences come from so once again also remember if you have a song that you'd like to hear make sure you message me voice message me through anchor the anchor app and uh, if the message is family friendly I'll play the voice message and if I can find the song on Spotify I'll include it in between the intro and before the actual interview so uh, I'm really excited to be doing this episode with Kevin He's an amazing person I think you're gonna enjoy hearing uh, his view on music and some other things uh, so let's go ahead and get that musical interlude underway and then we'll get into the interview Hey everybody, welcome again to another episode of Ask a Friend. I'm Tom Sweeney from Black Grass, and as I said in the intro, I'm extremely excited to be interviewing my dear friend Kevin Curtin today. Uh, and it's actually kind of exciting because he's here in person instead of over the phone. So there's none of the challenge of making sure he has the app downloaded or sending him the link and then joining and wondering, are we starting yet or can he hear me or can I not hear him? So it's a real pleasure and since he's here in person, uh, he has kindly uh, agreed to, or obliged, to play one of my favorite songs that he plays and used to play at the Urban Homestead Hootenannies. Uh, and it's one of the first songs I ever saw him uh, sing and play and just fell in love with his, your voice. I fell in love with your voice, to be honest with you. Uh, and you're a great singer but uh, and a great guitar player, great instrumentalist. You play several different instruments. and but. One of the other things that I remember about you, among the many things that you do, you're extreme. You're a genius in in many different ways. Uh, but one of the things that always stuck out with me is uh, your expertise with magic, and um, also you have a lot of industry experience with magic, with significant level of magic. Uh, but it was always impressive to me how people would you just make them smile or laugh and just amaze them sometimes me included and so I just want to make sure everybody knows how talented you really oh. are right uh, but if you wouldn't mind please sharing a little bit about uh, your history of what you've done uh, before we even get into the music stuff and, and maybe mention some other things that I haven't mentioned about the different skills that you have that would be great okay well, I've, I've got a, a good background for creating magic effects because I've got a diversified background in such things as machining and woodworking and cabinetry work and uh, chemistry, physics, um, mathematics. And so it's very helpful in creating new effects for that. Um, but the performing is, is the joy. When you're seeing someone's face light up, um, I had told you before about my cousin who his son died and they still don't know why of some disease at 18 just wasted away and died and about six months later he came by the house and I was doing magic for him and his wife pulled me aside and said you know that's the first time I've seen him smile since his son died that that was just a wonderful wonderful moment and uh, 
wouldn't give it up for the world. It's the best job in the world. Yeah, uh, you know, we mentioned uh, speaking earlier about The Greatest Showman. So you got to make sure you go see that movie. And uh, P.T. Barnum said that the, the best skill or the best payment or whatever is that, you know, making people happy. The best, best business to be in is making people happy. Maybe that's it. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I can't remember, but it was an amazing movie. So you definitely got to see that too. Uh, so if you don't mind, uh, we're a little bit, uh, we're right on schedule. And I don't, I don't even know how to explain this, but we recorded earlier and the Anchor app kind of let me down. And so now we're redoing this for all you folks to listen to. Uh, this is going to be his second take on um, the song that I requested. If you don't mind sharing the artist and the name of the tune, right. that'd be great. That's well, Leonard Cohen, and the song is Hallelujah. I heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord But you don't really care for music, do ya? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift The baffled king composing hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Your faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw her bathing on the roof. Her beauty and the moonlight overthrew you. She tied you to her kitchen chair She broke your throne and she cut your hair From your lips she drew the hallelujah 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 Baby, I've been here before I've seen this room and I've walked this floor I used to live alone before I knew ya I've seen your flag on the marble arch But love is not a victory march It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. There was a time when you let me know what's really going on below, but now you never show that to me, do ya? There was a time when I moved and you and the Holy Ghost was moving too. Every breath we drew was hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
Well, maybe there's a God above, but all I've ever learned from love was how to shoot somebody who outdrew ya. But it's not a sound that you hear at night, it's not somebody who's seen the light. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much for doing that. Yeah, I, I never forget the first time I saw you, or ran into you, I've met you at the Hootenanny, but and really remembered you because you did uh, frog kissing the same night that I was planning on doing frog kissing by <laughs> Chet Atkins. And I was convinced that nobody else on the planet could possibly have known about that song, let alone actually learned it and played it. <laughs> that was impossible. I literally jumped out of my seat. That was a wonderful moment, yes. Yeah. And, and I'll never forget hearing your voice on that particular song, on Hallelujah the first time, and just how impactful it was. Well, thank you. And it's so funny, because you're always so insecure about it. You're like, oh, I don't know my voice. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't, it just sounds amazing. Well, thank you. That's very so, kind. Absolutely. Uh, so we had started talking about um, music, but I, want, I wanted this time also to make sure that uh, you mentioned some of the in amazing, uh, incredible professionals that you've had experience working with in the magic industry, too. Oh, um, Penn and Teller have done my effects. Uh, David Wayne's done my effect. Uh, it's been done on America's Got Talent, been done on France's Got Talent, been done on Russia's Got Talent. Uh, it's been done all over, uh, all over the world. Um, so, as I say, mostly what I do is, is create effects for other magicians to do. And I'm looking at setting up the shop to do that even more now. Um, that's a wonderful creative time to to have an effect that no one's ever seen before and and watch the, as the professionals sort of get this puzzled look up on their face it's it's great <laughs> you, you get to see the professionals go wait a minute how'd you do that yeah the only real disadvantage of creating effects is you never get that wondrous moment of, of what the heck did I just see because you've created it it's so, funny you said that because there's I know you remember the times I've said, you show me something, I say, oh, show me how you did that. And you're happy to. It's really impressive how quick you're, you're like, yeah, I'll show you, it's no, no challenge. If I'm convinced that, you, if, that you're happier knowing than not knowing. And I think 95% of people will say, how did you do that? But they really don't want to know because it, it takes a, a miracle and turns it into a stupid little trick. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, so yeah, you're right. If if I'm convinced someone is is happier knowing how it's done, and there are people who who are, and I'm one of them, then uh, yeah, I don't mind sharing. Well, you know what's funny is I've actually started stopping myself from asking you that question because I just enjoy <laughs> the surprise. It's it's so much fun, you know, to be bamboozled or tricked or whatever, and and just to know that it's just a wonderful, joyous thing. Who cares, you know? Although there may be a time when you do something, I'm like, all right, you have to show me what you did there. <laughs> so let's get into the music side. And for, for folks who aren't real familiar with this format uh, of this show, 
all I do is call up my friends and I say, hey, you know, what kind of music do you like? And then, of course, if you have the Anchor app, I connect uh, snippets of the songs or some of the artists that they choose, sometimes not all, because some, some people name a lot, um, but a few of the artists uh, that I can find on Spotify, and then you can, you'll hear snippets near the end of the show before the outro. Uh, but also, um, I'm asking some listeners to send voice messages in with requests for me to put in a, a snippet of a song on between the intro and the interview. So that's also open to you guys uh, listening as well. So I'm going to ask you that question, uh, only I'm going to phrase it this way. What are your initial musical influences, if you don't mind sharing that, please? Uh, I was a huge John Denver fan growing up. Um, my brother was seven years older than I, still is. And uh, he was in the Army and came home from the Army one day with a John Denver album and woke me up in the middle of the night. And uh, just the, I still, I'm not sure people understood how beautiful and sweet and clear his voice was. It was just astonishingly good. So I was quite obnoxious as a John Denver fan. Just a lot of John Denver music <laughs> um, went way over the top. But then... Um, in researching found out that he had been involved with the Mitchell Trio, which was a folk group, mm -hmm. and um, moved into that, into folk music, the Kingston Trio, um, Pete Seeger, uh, that whole genre of, of music. And I really love the acoustic, uh, acoustic instrument, singer-songwriter sort of music. Um, James Taylor, uh, Carole King, and then you hear someone like Simon and Garfunkel doing beautiful close harmony. I love that. It's just, I, I think Paul Simon's probably the best songwriter on the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, I mean... It'd be hard to dispute that. Well, you got Paul McCartney, John Lennon. There's good ones. Uh, there are lots that are close. Phenomenally good. Yeah. But he's a little bit yeah. beyond. His is could be taken separately as high-class poetry just without the music and he's his as a musician you start learning his stuff and it's just how on earth did he come up with that movement that that piece of of, of change or chord and it's just unbelievably good I've, I've argued for years that Paul Simon is never, ever celebrated as the guitar, amazing guitar player that he really yeah. is. His version of Angie uh, was one of the first that we had heard um, in the in the U.S. And he's just, he's so good. He yeah. scares me how good he is. He's definitely good. But um, then moving up, you know, you had the popular group Seals and Crofts, I love. Um, uh, Loggins and Messino were great. Um, Gordon Lightfoot. It's a huge influence. Jim Croce. Uh, these are the guys I love to listen to. Uh, I was not a Beatles fan until after they had broken up because they were popular, so they couldn't have been good. <laughs> I've made so many. <laughs> you know, there, there's such a thing of, of being a, a human being where we, we don't ever want to seem, we, we want our individuality. So we're afraid to say, I don't know this or that or or this person's good so it can't be good and um that's a mistake it's just you gotta like things because you like them not for any other reason 
Sometimes so, by rebelling, you're just joining another crew, right? Absolutely. You know? <laughs> the old just, Dr. Pepper commercial, join the original crowd. You know, <laughs> unless you go and live in a cave by yourself, and even then, then you're just a part of that group of people who go live yep. in caves by yourselves and absolutely. become hermits. So you're still part of a crew. Right? Now, recently, I was, I was flipping through uh, on a PBS station a little while back, and there was a woman on there, and she just sang one wonderful song after another, and... Uh, I waited until the show was over to find out what her name was. It never, it, it didn't show up. They never gave her name? They sort of did, but it was not featured. But they did mention that she was the one who had written the theme to Orange is the New Black. Oh, okay. So I looked it up, and her name was Regina Spector. Regina, is that new? She's a new artist? Yes. Regina Spector. And uh, she just does some wonderful stuff. Just really? wonderful stuff. So you've answered the question before I even asked you. Ah, so okay. Sorry about that. More recent artist that you're into now, Regina Spector. Regina Spector is very good. Um, an awful lot of what... It, I, I think of music sort of like uh, Roy Underhill talked about uh, building. He's a, an expert in 19th century carpentry. And people would come up to him and say, you know, they, they really used to know how to build things. And he said, no, they built things just as badly back then as they do now. <laughs> It's just that those things that have survived that you're able to see were the things that were really well built. So there's those a tendency, few. yeah, there's a tendency to think of, oh, those old days, there were wonderful songs, and nowadays there's not. No, there were really awful songs back then, too, but the ones that have survived <laughs> are the ones that were, were survival of the fittest. They're the ones that, that you continue to listen to because they were wonderful songs so there are i'm sure many modern songs that i'm going to enjoy for years to come but so now uh, regina specter what style would you say she is then uh, acoustic singer songwriter oh really yeah is there is there another style at all that you listen to really because oh, it sounds yeah. like you're very much in that side i don't much um i enjoy the blues for a couple of songs but i find it repetitive and uh same for bluegrass music. I really enjoy one or two songs of it, and then it gets a little um, old. I enjoy pop music. Heck, I was a Partridge Family fan. You know, the, the bubblegum uh, rock, uh, that's fine. I enjoyed that. Uh, the Monkees. Uh, See, I did too. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Well, there's a little shade involved no, in, in saying that you're a, a Monkees <laughs> fan. Unless you went on with Mike Nesmith. Then then you were cool if you were a Mike Nesmith hey, fan. Hey, I used to do a punk version of The Last Train to Clarkson. Oh, yeah. And it was fun. That was a great song. Yeah, that's some fun stuff. Um, then uh, sometimes in, in the songs, I don't know who who does them. I, I love Bare Naked Ladies. They've got a, a style that is, uh, um, I don't know how to describe it, but they are, you can tell a Bare Naked Ladies song from anyone else's song just from the rhythm of it and the, the harmonies that they do. It's, it's just very odd. Um, there was one, you'll have to tell me who, who did it. Uh, I'm not crazy, I'm just a little unwell. I know right now you can't tell. That one was a lot of fun. Or Superman was a great one. Wait, um, Superman R.E.M. or Superman uh, Three Doors Down? Superman Three Doors Down, I think. Okay, I like, I like that one too. So yeah. That's an interesting song choice. That's interesting. Uh, Bare Naked Ladies I love. I used to do Old Apartment and... Um, um, it's been one week. Oh, one God, week. yes, they're big hit. Yeah, yeah. One week since you looked at me. Well, there's it's... an argument there. There's a debate there because as popular as one week was old apartment was one of those first early songs that really drew people right. to them 
uh, and well anyway then they bring on the, they bring on the keyboard player to change their sound and they kind of went more towards the other stuff and it's all great you yes know? Uh, but then you know you talk about uh, I don't know who that the other artist I know which song you mean right what was the last one you mentioned though uh, I'm not crazy and then I'm just a little unwell the I other know one after right that though now you can't tell Superman Superman yes do you remember the REM Superman song um, I would probably if I heard it but okay. I I am I am I am Superman oh yeah I okay. know what's happening great tune that was when they were actually really good <laughs> Michael Stipe wasn't so full of himself that he was trying to preach to the whole world about, you know, whatever. <clears throat> and, and so it was still rock, and it was raw, and it was very, very interesting stuff. I've never understood the fact that, and everyone agrees it's true, that very, it's very hard to stay on top. It would seem like the tough thing would be getting to that point where you're getting the radio airplay, because then every phenomenal songwriter in the world's trying to get you to do their music and and but it it almost never lasts and i'm not sure i understand that well but. that's a whole nother discussion <laughs> because i've got a few of my own opinions concerning that um however a lot of artists thrive and struggle yeah right and so then when it becomes easy what do they write about you know they've they, their whole existence has been based around the struggle and that how difficult things are for them or have been for them and then when everything becomes easy, it just almost seems, it's almost unbearable and often reduces people to drug addiction and death. That's you know? probably true, but there are an awful lot of artists who don't write their own songs. You know, you look back and see how many songs that were written by Prince that uh, other people covered that you don't think of as a Prince song, or even Cat Stevens, you know, uh, um, the first cut is the deepest. People don't think of that as a Cat Stevens song, but he wrote it. Or... Uh, Going back further, Bruce Springsteen's uh, ver, uh, Bruce Springsteen wrote um, uh, God the a huge hit for another band, and I it's, it, I'm absolutely blanking on the name of the song. But uh, um, at any rate, yeah, a lot of people write for others, so that can't account for all of it because there are songwriters who are available to to turn out some some choice material yeah well i i don't claim to be all-knowing that's for sure <laughs> I, i've been wrong before but i will offer up this theory right if you look back at most of the iconic groups or artists uh, you know like big people like you two van halen or or you know, even some of these people that we've talked about bruce springsteen being the exception you know, the content providers right Ex excluded yeah. prince bruce springsteen typically they get their first shot covering somebody else with their version. Even Marvin Gaye heard it through the grapevine. Van Halen was Pretty Woman, you know, or uh, You Really Got Me by the Kinks, those things. That they, that if you look at a lot of famous artists, right, except for people maybe even like Neil Young is a good example, very often they first get noticed by covering another hmm. older song some way, even uh, Naked Eyes. You know, always something there to remind me from the 80s. That, I didn't know that was a cover so, from the 60s. Now, when I think of the people that I'm uh, a fan of, Mac Davis wrote for Elvis. I had no idea how many songs he'd written for Elvis um, and other people and didn't get famous until he started recording his own stuff. John Denver, his first hit was uh, Leaving on a Jet Plane that Peter, Paul, and Mary covered. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. It wasn't originally called Leaving on a Jet Plane. He didn't like that title. Really? What did uh, he call it originally? He called it Obey by Hate to Go. 
Uh-huh, um, yeah. He released it. He he for a Christmas one year. He made up a uh, a record, made up two hundred copies of it, sent it to his friends, and Milt Oaken, who's a was the producer for Peter Paul and Mary, heard it, said, "This is a great song, but you got to change the title." <laughs> so, <laughs> There's the marketing side of it exactly. that we were talking about earlier, right? Exactly. All right. So and then bands I think of as as modern aren't modern anymore. Blues Traveler. I mean, how many years oh, has it been since? God, but, what a great yeah. band. They did some wonderful stuff. That guy on harmonica. Oh, yes. Holy cow. If you have not heard Blues Travelers, make sure you just listen to listen to the harmonica playing. Uh, and Stevie Wonder is only the only other harmonica player I could ever think of that could keep up with that, maybe. Only because Stevie is so amazing. He's such a genius with, with melody. He's a great Whereas musician. Whereas the Blues Traveler fellow, I can't even remember his name now. John, gosh, what is his name? Um... Anyways, yeah, his playing reminds me of what Jimi Hendrix would do with guitar. Yes, only he's doing it with harmonica, which, if anybody knows anything about harmonica, is incredible uh, physically because of the breathing exercise that's involved. If you go too long on harmonica without knowing what you're doing, you're going to pass out. <laughs> I mean, and I'm learning to play harmonica, so I know that's hard. Well, so, and, and blues harmonica in particular, because it's if you're playing. I don't want to get too technical. Cross harp, which is a fifth above, basically, um, it's all inhale. Oh, jeez. Yeah, really. You, you don't want to hit any exhale notes because they won't be in part of the blues uh, scale. In the pentatonic scale. Yes. Right, right. Plus, each harp fits for each different key of the song, except that for Blues Traveler, he's actually playing a chromatic harp. And he has he? different ones. Yeah, it has a button on the side. Yeah, I have a chromatic heart, but I'd never seen. I had thought he was playing a diatonic. That's, that's how he gets those runs. That's how he's getting all of those amazing runs. He's flipping that that button wow. in and out while he's playing. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> John Popper. John Popper. That's it. Thank you very much. So, John Popper of Blues Travelers, thank you so much for being so amazing. Now, we're way over time, and <laughs> obviously there's going to be another episode with, with Kevin here. But one last quick question. Besides Regina Spector, a newer artist, as new as or as recent as you can uh, think of, that you're listening to, that you really enjoy right now? Well, um, that's a, a hard one to answer because there are some that I listen to I have become familiar with recently. But they've been around for a long time. Um, there was a, a Doogie McLean. Doogie McLean uh, did uh, Caledonia, and I only heard that in the last couple of years, and uh, learned it's a it's dad gad tuning on the guitar, and it's, oh, it's a bizarre nice. sort of a thing. Yeah, but it's a great song. Um, so recent stuff would be Doogie McLean would be uh, locally there are some wonderful people Dave Morrison okay, hold, on, some, hold on is he on Spotify I don't know if he's not on Spotify name the name so people know who you're Dave talking Morrison about Dave Morrison is uh, we're, we're doing this in Pasadena and Dave Morrison is a local singer songwriter and I love his voice and I love his songs and he's got I listen to one of his songs and periodically he just got a lyric that turns that that is just I, I lost my mother to dementia a little bit ago and, and I was listening to one of his songs and he talks about watching a girlfriend who's who's brushing her mother's hair looking in her eyes for her mommy and it was just oh, it just hit exactly right you're gonna kill me don't so. do that <laughs> 
Okay, so if we can't find him on Spotify, I, I, I apologize. Actually, we've named so many artists uh, in this episode. I hope folks are taking notes because I'm only going to be able to fit about four or five of them on the at the end of the show. Okay, so if he's not on Spotify, besides Doogie McLean, is there another another band that might be on Spotify? Um, well, no, nothing is coming to mind. I, I am a little insulated. I've got a tendency these days not to listen to music on the radio because I don't care for a lot of it. I What has happened to country music? I used to enjoy a lot of country music. Well, it's become more garage rock and pop. Um, but not good garage rock and pop. Well, it's... you know, it depends on the song. Okay, and we had this debate with my daughter. Uh, I interviewed her the other day, and she was saying she does not like country. And I said, yeah, but you like that show Nashville. And she said, but that's not country. <laughs> I said, well, you know, technically I have to agree with you because it's not like Hank Williams, right? However, music does evolve. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so you can't really say, well, that's not real country. No. It's not real classical, right? It's not real blues. Well... I, you know? I, I, and that's not my argument. My argument is that it has become, for one reason or another, so commercial. It is so important that you don't record a song that isn't a hit, that they all begin to blend together. I, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm, I agree with you, except that when has it ever not been important to become a hit? In the industry. Come on. Yeah. Have you heard the story of... Uh, the Sounds of Silence, Simon and Garfunkel's first. No. Um, they recorded this song. They decided that they were going to record it and find out if it was a hit. And if it were, they would go on together. And if it wasn't, they would go their separate ways. They recorded it. It died. So Paul moved to England and, and Art moved to uh, California and went to school. And a third person heard this and thought, well, this is interesting. Added electric guitar, bass, and drums to it to the original recording without Simon Garfunkel being involved at all and it became this huge hit they had to fly back together again to, to otherwise Simon and Garfunkel wouldn't be are you serious? absolutely wow I didn't know that so the arrangement of things is much more unbelievably important than we think oh well you know like that feeds right nicely or segues nicely off of what I was saying is that if you do a new version of an old song it's a great way to get attention yeah and it's been done a million times, yeah. and so there's nothing illegitimate about it all. You're showing appreciation for something that was beautiful before and then adding yourself. Well, and commercially, you know that that song is capable of being a hit. So. What could be better, though? <laughs> Remember, the goal is to make people happy, right? Yeah. As an entertainer, Absolutely. anyway. You're only looking to share yourself or the way you feel with others and hope that they enjoy it as much as you do. I grew up at the era when Linda Ronstadt was re-recording all of Buddy Holly's old stuff, you know. Yeah. So exactly. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. We're going to we're going to stop there. Otherwise, right. we're going to go for another hour. <laughs> all right. So again, Kevin Curtin, thank you so much for being on this episode. Of thank Ask you for having me. me. Tom, it's a pleasure. Uh, just real honor to have you. All right. So we're going to sign off for now. Thanks everybody. Now, keep, stay tuned for the samples of music that we that Kevin's going to help me choose since he's here. He gets to actually help me pick which songs to put on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, the outro course and I hope that everybody tunes in next time too. So, all right, well, that's it. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for tuning in to Ask a Friend. Tom Sweeney from Black Grass. And I had Kevin Curtin on as my guest today. And you can hear him playing lightly in the background. 
I hope you enjoyed all of the different cho uh, song choices we found on uh, Spotify. There was a lot. He mentioned a lot of different music. So uh, if you can't find or we didn't uh, supply a copy of it, make sure you Google it or look on iTunes or somewhere because he's talking about some really powerful music. So uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure also to send in your voice messages, uh, song requests, and if it's a cool voice message and family friendly, uh, I will put it in the show. And if there's a song request that I can find on Spotify, I will actually uh, put that as the intro interlude music. Uh, and so then you'll get a shout out from me. So thanks again for tuning in. Hope you guys had a great time, and I look forward to seeing you on the next show. Thanks again to Kevin for hanging out with me. Uh, this was a lot of fun. We're going to do it again. Rock on, everybody. <laughs>